a ridiculously queer podcast where we take a deep dive into a horror film and talk about how it connects to queerness, religion, and theology. I'm Pastor Emily, and I am the can of Pringles eaten with joy and delight. <laughs> Once you pop, you can't stop. Exactly. And, <laughs> and I am Pace, and I am Kevin the Thembo. <laughs> and I am Brooke, the Brooklyn Witch Trials. Nice. Welcome, Brooke. Um, This week... For our episode, we have friend of the podcast, Brooke McLean. Um, this is her podcast debut for Ghostbusters Woo! Answer the Call 2016. Yay! The best of the Ghostbusters. Um, her infinite sapphic nature cannot be contained in a single sentence. So tune in to experience more of with this episode. So I I love it. And also, since this is your podcast debut, and since it's going to be amazing, I hope this means that you're going to also be on Nerds at Church. I would love to see you do like an episode where they do like a deep dive into music or something like that Uh, because of what you used to do with queries. I would love that. Ooh, that would be awesome. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Like, you could do a whole series on music if only, like, my ex were not an awful person. He would have loved to do that, but yeah. we don't need to worry about him. Yeah. <laughs> we are, Nerds at Church is going to be changing up our format at the end of this Ooh. season, so there will be some more opportunity for creating. I like that. I like Turn that. Up. Yeah. So, we'll see. I am stoked. I am stoked. Um, oh, also... Announcement. Check-in time. The big announcement happened two weeks ago now, but we're recording before it happens. And that is our next season is going to be Star Wars and Alien. I'm so excited for it. Me the fuck too. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. This has been like the longest kept secret. It's been so hard to go these past... I feel like it's been the at longest, least six worst months or kept something. Secret. <laughs> worst kept secret. Brooke right, doesn't even right. look surprised. No, see, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> I have seen more about Star Wars in the last, like, four years of my life than I ever have. And the whole story, <laughs> the story's crazy. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm there for it. Can't wait to hear that. Yeah, I'm excited. I am so excited. I love Star Wars. Um, not in the ways that Pace does. So I think it'll be really interesting. I don't, I don't think tears. I even I don't even love Star Wars. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm so just obsessed with Star it. Right but I now. cannot I, I am captive to Star Wars and I cannot free myself over here. <laughs> it's I stand. I even, here I stand I can do no yes. other. I I mean I I do love Star Wars I'll give it that um it was very instrumental in my youth but it is not like a top five franchise for me or anything and yet here I am this past week uh this past like 
three months just taking the deepest of deep dives mm-hmm. into Star Wars. So I was gonna say, also, this was your idea. This wasn't even yes. my idea. Like it's the horror buffs' idea to do this. Well, we we will have ta- we will have had talked about this in our live episode, so you can definitely go back and listen to that. We can link that yeah. in the show notes, and we'll leave, but link to it. Just quick, like uh, that the whole fun of covering Star Wars and Alien together of combine mm-hmm. combining the aesthetic of sci-fi, and, but then also combining how we can talk about horror connections and sci-fi connections between mm-hmm. the two and franchises. So, and like, we get to talk about like are Jedi cops, and if so, how do they fit within a cap? They totally are cops. I'll tell you right now, spoilers. Like, <laughs> like, it like changes a lot of. I am so excited to watch the movies because it, like, I have a different perspective from the last time I watched them. Because the last time I watched them was, I think I was still like fairly moderate. You know, not all cops are bad. Um, we just need to change things. And now I'm like, nah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, the jury's out on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so are the Ghostbusters cops? That's something we can ask too in this episode. Transition. Ooh. Look at that. Ooh, that's a great transition. Except that we have more updates. <laughs> yes, we do. We do, <laughs> including um, we have our polyamory miniseries, which has been over a year in the making at this point, even though it's only four episodes. Um, uh-huh. at, the day we are recording this um, is the day um, we are releasing Minnesota, the Minnesota on Polyamory episode three. So you can check that out. And nice. then. And that was with special guest Brian G. Murphy, Brian G. Murphy. of the Queer Theology podcast. Yep, podcast and website and their entire empire. And mm-hmm. we are um, also planning on doing the fourth episode as a wrap-up sometime in june and mm-hmm. we're hoping that it's going to be a panel of some sort so i'm going to even say right now if that is the case go ahead and start submitting your questions and if not i'll just do this part out but like we'd love to have questions from you listeners that we could ask the panel and stuff yeah as we moderate it well and even if we don't have a full panel or something like I think people can yeah so submit questions we'll, we'll figure out how cover. to get your questions answered yeah I can, can email us at horrornerds at church at gmail.com uh, and any questions you have we'll, we'll be happy to look at them and mm-hmm. moderate moderate which ones you'll answer we're not going to answer right. mean-spirited questions right just to be clear but still so, um, if you have questions ask them yes uh, beyond those are the only announcements I have. I think that's all that. So, um, how are y'all doing? Oh, I guess no. This episode actually comes out the day of Ascension. Ascension May eighteenth. Yeah. May eighteenth. Um, and if you're really excited about the Star Wars Alien uh season that is coming up for Horror Nerds at Church, you should check out Nerds at Churches episode for ascension day this year because it is all about ufos with special guest rory roloff so Ooh. yeah i'm so excited because 
uh, one of these days we're going to do Close Encounters of the Third Kind on HNAC, and he will have to be on for that because I know it's a movie he enjoys yeah. very much. Nah. And maybe Kay will be on too because she enjoys it in her own way too, like right? more of a love hate way, I think. <laughs> I think so. so. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So check that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll, we can link to that in the show notes. Um, but now, Brooke. One of the things that we ask our guests, if they are willing, is to share with us a real-life church horror story. So this can be a supernatural thing about, like, a ghost in the church. We've had people do exorcism, talk about exorcisms. Um, But it also can be just kind of like church people or church leaders or church theology being horrific. So do you have a story that you would be willing to share with us? Yeah, of course, because I went to those crazy churches back when I was growing up, mm. and um, I encountered a lot of the older gentlemen being very just very touchy Ooh. to the point, yeah, to the point where my grandmother's like, um, it is okay to, to say, no, I don't, I don't want to hug, and mm. that was one of the things that really impacted me as a young woman, that... Mm-hmm. I can tell you to back up and it's okay. And yeah. I'm thankful that I learned that, but it's not cool that I had to learn that at church. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's Ooh. my nightmare on church street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like, right. Like not even as a young woman, as a young girl, right? Yeah. That yeah. you should not have to learn that that no. way. Mm-hmm. And like, Good job, Grandma, for, like, affirming bodily autonomy and Period. consent. Yes. But, like, yeah. Grandma should have also been intervening. I would say she probably could have intervened oh, for you. She was too. always on top of it. As soon as she okay. realized that it was a thing that was happening or could happen, she was really Thank protective you. of me. And I'm appreciative of that because I could be more supportive of my cousins and my little sister you know, mm. were observant with them. And I felt like that was super important because I was like the oldest mm-hmm. yeah. and, but yeah, that's real. It's real and rough. And I'm glad that you had your grandma and that your sister and your cousin had you to, to help teach and reinforce and support in, yeah. in the not, in the, in the get the fuck away from me. Period. Back yeah. up. No, we can do a handshake yeah. if you want. We can do fist pumps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That is when the pandemic started, one of the things um, was talked about a lot in some of the clergy groups I'm in, but not necessarily a lot publicly, was the gift of A, not being told to smile, right, because you're wearing a mask, and B, not having to navigate sharing of the peace or greeting people at the end of the service mm. and and like avoiding inappropriate touch because it's yeah. really hard, particularly for pastors, um, to like navigate it with parishioners who don't respect boundaries and consent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, for sure. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. I have no. no good transition for this. I don't have one either, and that's okay. <laughs> we will not, but we are talking about the film Ghostbusters, which came out um, in 2016, was directed by Paul Feig, I believe is how you say his name. Paul Feig. Paul Feig. Feig? 
I would say fig or fake. It's fig. Yeah, fig. Or fake, maybe. F E I G um, for those. Yes. You would think that I would have taken time to look this up because saying names correctly is important to me, and yet I did not. <laughs> That's why I took notes. We didn't get to the how are you section. We just kind of glossed oh, over yeah. it, but like it's been a shitty week for me, also. I'm a little off brand today. Yeah, I just got back from a conference in New York. So I also am like, my brain, I just drove for three and a half hours through New York and New Jersey to Baltimore. <clears throat> yeah. Also, it's Ghostbusters. Answer the call. Just in yeah, case you need that. Be- that. That gets into the behind the scenes, though, which, um, but before we do that, I need to uh, ask when was the first time you've seen this movie? Brooke. Oh, you want to go first? Um, I saw this movie uh, right when it came out. Cause yeah. mm. Once I saw the trailer, I was like, I got to go see this. I love it. I love it. Uh, do you see in theaters? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. It was Hi. pretty dope. Yeah. Back in 2016, when you could comfortably see, well, more comfortably see movies in theaters, not having to worry about the pandemic. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was a different time then. Right. I was living in Rome, Minnesota, so I don't actually know if I saw it in theaters, but I definitely saw it very soon after it came out, like streaming, and, and I own it. But I don't think I ever saw the extended version until we were watching it for this episode. Oh, interesting. So interesting. people can still take a drink because that's what I watched for this episode. <laughs> because what's interesting to me is that it is the default. So if you own the movie, whether it's DVD, Blu-ray, or um, digitally, the default that they give you the option to see is the extended version. So you have, but you have to like uh, click the option to see the theatrical. Interesting. I have the DVD, um, but I don't know that. But it's like one of the early DVDs, and I mm-hmm. did not keep the digital version. Sure. Sure. Stephanie of podcast fame, of Vampirina podcast fame has the digital version of it. Yeah. Yeah. What about um, face? First time I saw this was in theaters. I'm pretty sure right. I saw this with my sister um, mm-hmm. when it came out in theaters and maybe even her boyfriend at the time. I'm not sure uh, who all we went with. Maybe even I'm pretty sure my ex was involved too. So. Probably. Yeah, but um, for sure I saw it with Jenna, and we loved it. There was a scene that made me uncomfortable as I watched the film, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get into as in our walkthrough. But uh, but overall, I really enjoyed it and thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, obviously, I've already declared it the best of the Ghostbusters. Having not seen the newest one because I didn't even know it existed. Yep. And still. It's hands down the best one. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um so we can get into some of the behind the scenes for this and that and one of the things I alluded to when we we're talking about the film is it is known in some places as Ghostbusters answer the call. Whereas the film itself was originally marketed as Ghostbusters, but as the film started to garner controversy, they added the subtitle to make sure they distinguished it from Ghostbusters. And some people thought that if they just called it Ghostbusters, it would soil the legacy. (gasps) Then I take it back. It's just Ghostbusters. No answer to the call. Ghostbusters, that is all it is called. (laughs) 
Wow. Wow. So Paul, the director of the film, was basically told by studios that he had to have the subtitle answer the call in the film, um, in the title card of the film, which you will notice he did, but at the end of the film, not the beginning. In the beginning, he just had it Ghostbusters. Then at the end, after the... um, or the first ending before it goes into credits, it just says Ghostbusters mm-hmm. into the call. And that's the only time it says it in the entire film. Yeah. So I've been watching this movie for years. So seven years now. And I didn't even know that answer, answer the call was a, even a part of the title. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't really either. It doesn't show up like in a lot of places as that. And I always just like, if I'm lo- looking on like Amazon prime or something, I will just look up Ghostbusters and then I know the one, like I know what the mm-hmm. cover looks like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to mistake yep. for women, for, for men. Well, the original poster no. as, yeah. uh, as Bobby, our guest on the first Ghostbusters film said mm. was only three of the Ghostbusters. Remember conspicuously mm-hmm. Winston was left out of the original right. poster. Yeah. So it's a four versus three if you're looking up on Amazon. Also Even that. easier to spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So this was originally going to be a third canon, original canon Ghostbusters film. Uh, and it was in Which development. It is. Help. Well, it's a different, it's a different um, timeline. So original canon versus all It's a different canon. timeline, really? Yeah. The original Ghostbusters did not exist in this. Yeah, absolutely. Because the um, because Patty's uncle, sense. yeah, Patty's uncle was just some random dude with a funeral. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. And, but aside from Winston, they could easily have been like. Well, Bill Murray was. Bill a Murray is skeptic. such an asshole. Yeah, that but he, he was could a... do that just to scam money out of people. Like, Venkman would do that. That, I guess, could make sense. <laughs> Egon was. Um, the actor Harold Ramis was dead, of course, by this point. So yeah, part Ghostbusters series just in development hell because Bill Murray, for instance, did not want to come back. He also was He's there's fine. a feud between him and Harold Ramis. Um, then they finally were able to agree to do Ghostbusters the video game 2009, which is considered the third Ghostbusters installment of the original canon. Um, even though it's the video game, not a film. Harold Ramis died shortly after mm. the video game came out, which basically meant that there was no way that they could do like a third sequel as they had planned. Or I mean, a third film as they had planned. Um, so they decided to go the remake route uh, since they still owned the title and franchise and thought they could make a good, great deal of money off of doing that. Mm-hmm. So... They decided to do the remake. There is a huge backlash to the trailer and announcement of the film. And this is just a quote from Wikipedia. On its first day of release, the first trailer for the film collected 12,000 likes and 13,800 dislikes from YouTube viewers, which, according to David Greiner of Ad Weekly, made it one of the most polarizing in recent memory. By May 2016, the trailer had become the most disliked film trailer on youtube and the ninth most disliked youtube video with wow. two hundred eighty thousand likes to over 1 million dislikes screen wow, crush described sexist. right 
Screen Crush described the reaction as a campaign to downvote the film into oblivion by a certain subset of people on the internet with an unhealthy fixation on hating the Ghostbusters remake in one and or interview. women hating Well, th- women. this is it. In one interview, Melissa McCarthy felt it was a very, very, very tiny, tiny group of people who are misogynistic. Absolutely. And I would, um, mm-hmm. also say... Uh, there's a lot of massage noir as well, as aimed specifically at Leslie Jones, and that yeah. was part of it. There's an entire social media harassment campaign against I her, say, I which led her to like that. leave Twitter for a while and stuff mm-hmm. over it. Just absolute awful. Yeah, people being awful to her in particular and the film in general. Yeah, like she definitely bore a lot of the brunt of just awful hate, yep. as yep. black women tend to do. When there's mm-hmm. an option. Mm-hmm. And I already talked about the Ghostbusters versus Ghostbusters into the call. Um, the cast signed on for two sequels, but the backlash and box office bomb had um, meant that the studio canceled both sequels. Which is just shitty, because I would have gone to both sequels. Like, I would have right? bought both Listen. sequels for sure. Me too. Me too. And I would have had, yeah. had a t-shirt. I was just going to say I would have bought a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, the way it currently stands is they are having Ghostbusters original timeline sequels in development right now. The one that came out in 2021 or 2020, whenever it came out, was um, that that one was set in the original Ghostbusters timeline. And then the two that are planned are also set in that timeline. And just because they have that going on does not mean that they cannot also release more Ghostbusters in the alternate timeline. Or at least yeah. do like a mini series on HBO or something. Like mm-hmm. how popular those are. There are so many ways they could continue that story, even yeah. if they want to continue the original story. I don't yeah. think it's a zero sum game. You can have both. Yeah. Also, the like box office bombing is partly because they didn't do a good job of counteracting the misogynist. One hundred percent. Right. Like they could have made it not bomb at the box office. I think it's because of the backlash. And then they just didn't bother to try because this was one of the first gender swapping type movies. Yes. And and, and it set the stage for others, right? Like Ocean's yes. 8 and other, mm. and other amazing movies. And, and that, it was good and it was popular. It just wasn't mm-hmm. what it could have been if they had supported it properly. And that is something even Sandra Bullock had said about the first film, uh, about this movie, Ghostbusters, is when filming Ocean's 8, she said she basically owes it to Ghostbusters and um, talked about the negative backlash that film received versus the one she was in, which received, did not have nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so it because by then the discourse had changed some in part because of Ghostbusters. Yeah. And there was backlash against the backlash, right? There was backlash yeah. for canceling the rest of it, for not supporting it. People were then upset about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there is a continuation of this canon, though, in comics. Mm-hmm. And there's a crossover series in the comics between this universe and the original timeline. I'm both published by IDW, and we could talk about that in the retrospective. Mm-hmm. Uh the home video of this movie ex- has an extended cut. This is what we watched when we watched it most recently. Mm-hmm. It has 17 extra minutes um, of cut and extended scenes. And the last thing I have is that the original cast cameos. Um, we have 
all the cast shows up for the most part, all the main cast, mm-hmm. with the exception of Harold Ramis. But Who still shows up, just not He a shows lot. up as a statue and in a yeah. dedication. So, Also, when I was watching it this time, when Leslie Jones' character, Patty, was like, um, when Leslie Jones' character, Patty, was like, go upstairs, there's a Starbucks upstairs, when the guy starts mm-hmm. wandering off on the tracks. I was like, is this before or after the Starbucks thing? And it actually happened two years before the two black guys got kicked out of the store in, like, the Philadelphia area. Um, so yeah. I was like, okay, so this is before we have, like, officially made Starbucks take a stand because they were really shitty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Brooke had some background, though. I had background? Yeah. You were talking to me about some of the actors, so. Oh, I just, uh, I was looking at some of the people that have were, that were in, like, movies together. Mm-hmm. And um, I really like Bridesmaid. Yes. Uh, uh, Kristen yeah. Wiig and Melissa McCarthy are in that together. And yes. so I thought that was cool. They have a whole vibe. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, was also was produced, and I believe directed by Paul Feig, the director of Ghostbusters. Oh, interesting. That so makes it's sense. a very similar type of humor, too. Yeah. Love the humor. Um, and also three of the cast were originally uh, SNL alums. Yes. Uh, Kristen Wiig, uh, Leslie Jones, and... Um, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, thank you. Yeah. And uh, Kate McKinnon was, and Leslie Jones were both current cast members when this was filmed. And then Melissa McCarthy was famous for a few other movies, including her breakout role. And um, including her, no, that was not her breakout role. Her iconic role as Suki in Gilmore yes. Girls. I, but Excuse I would say me. that that We're was not. We're going to have to do a bootie on Gilmore Girls now. We will, we will. <laughs> Especially the horror that is the most recent season. But oh, like... God, that one was horrible. But that Kate... doesn't count. But I will say that Bridesmaids reached an even greater uh, audience than Gilmore Girls did. It's but true. Yes, it's indeed. True. Gilmore Girls was pr- probably her first iconic role and one of her, which I still think is her most iconic roles. But yeah, she's been in a lot. She's just... Yeah. I'm really excited about her. This is completely side note. But totally fine. I am very excited that she's Ursula. If you had to pick anybody to be Ursula, yes, yes, Lord, she is Ursula. See, I disagree, but that's okay. We can agree and disagree. I feel like Ursula needs to be someone that is queer because of how they originally based Ursula off of Divine. So I feel like since there's that, there's a making fun of gender nonconformist in the original Little Mermaid that I feel like you can mm. help reclaim by casting a queer, especially a trans person in that. You know what? But... I love that. Yeah, the true. first person that came to mind was Peppermint. I love oh, Peppermint. Right? Oh my I god, I love Peppermint. Peppermint. I love she me would some be Peppermint. amazing. And yes, yeah, she would oh. be a great Ursula as well. Who's Peppermint? 100 uh, from RuPaul's Drag Race? Oh, she's yep. amazing. RuPaul's, I don't She is trans. She's a trans woman. She's, she's black. Beautiful. She is fantastic. Yes. Beautiful, oh. funny. One of the best uh, lip syncer assassins oh. from that entire show. Bring the house down. Super lip hilarious. Syncing. Just all around. Sorry. Nice. Yes. All right. I would and go she was, that. Yeah, I think, was, wasn't she in um, 
she's been in like a few musicals too i feel like so yeah and on broadway so i feel like she could definitely do something like this absolutely but anyway i'm not talking about little mermaid as much as we would like to (laughs) maybe we'll have to do like a spin-off miniseries on disney one day i don't know listen i'm gonna have a lot to say about it so the original little mermaid is legit a horror story too listen i'm so excited about this not the film but the book if you ever read the book I have not read the book, but I believe that the little, I mean, the Little Mermaid original movie is also horrific in its own ways. Yes. And I will say that the book is horrific, like horrific in ways that make it a legit horror story fairy tale as opposed to like. Excuse me. Excuse me. Did Pace just say legit horror story? Well, I mean by that is one that I think most p- people would uh, have consensus is horror as opposed to Pace's unique, sadly, definition that anything can be horror. It is delightfully be. queer, and that and horror is queer, and queer is mm-hmm. horror. So yours is the appropriate definition and understanding of horror, Fair. which is anything can be horror, and the other then one both... is just like the cishet version. Yes. So like. Okay, both it's not are, version yeah, of horror. Both are horror, then one is intentionally horror and one is horror due to its gross cishet, sexism yeah, and all, all that things. stuff. There, that's a better way of saying that. Thank you um, for yeah, holding yeah. me accountable to my vision of horror. I was, yeah. I was, I was aghast. <laughs> I never broke down movies like that before, but a sexist one that I would say was a horror movie. I'm picking Step for Wives. Oh, that movie was weird, and that is horrific. Both the original and the remake, one hundred percent. Those are either of them, but I believe oh. you. This, it, they Let sound me tell you. awful. They sound horrific. Mm. Lord, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was bad. We're gonna have to do a whole mini series on this now. I think just <laughs> one of these days. Support us on Patreon. That's the way this will happen. Yes. We need money. Yeah, we need your support. Um. But I guess we can get into the film now and talk talk about some of our favorite moments. We basically just walk or roll. I'm sitting in my chair, so roll through the film for me, mm-hmm. my office chair. Uh, and uh, talk about some of our favorite moments, stuff like that. I can get us started by just saying, hands down for me, this is the funniest Ghostbusters from beginning to end. And the entire introduction of all four of the women of the film are some of the best introductions of characters of modern comedy i will say ever yeah yes from like kristen wig like nervously in front of an auditorium (laughs) shaking it out yeah yeah and like the i am against the amount of making fun of people's appearances that this film has but still mm-hmm. some of the digging of on Kristen Riggs wardrobe and like how stereotypical like librarian and oh older generation than she is I, I love the like the smallest bow tie ever known <laughs> yes, yes. Mm. yeah absolutely yeah and I love I particularly love um that Kate McKinnon enters eating Pringles because this is quite possibly the first time in a movie that I saw a woman 
eating food and not care and and not like daintily right where she's just eating food because she's eating food and it's not sexy it's just eating and i was and like, it's also yes. one of the rare occurrences of women or from people eating food without it being attached to their weight in some way mm-hmm. yeah like intentionally like oh i'm on a diet or oh I, this is naughty kind of comments that we get yeah. in almost yeah. every other scene of women and it was food. it was nothing it was just yeah. she was eating food, and i love that I love that intro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also loved Miss Patty. I loved I oh. loved Patty. Um, like her intro for the ways that Ghostbusters are categ- the whole every all of them are categorically super racist in their mm-hmm. casting, right? Absolutely. For all of that, what Leslie Jones does with Patty with that character and like from being in the MTA like booth and the subway we're like yep. I've lived in New York a couple I lived in New York a couple summers summers I literally just got back from New York and mm-hmm. I'm like yeah like there are some people who work for the MTA whether they're bus drivers or like Patty right like who work in um some of the booths who a lot of them it's their job and they just do it and that's fine that's literally what you're paid to do but some of them are hilarious or just like show the care or personality or like have this running commentary and it is brilliant and i love that and i love that she took that that character that could have been much less funny and like honestly she is quite possibly the funniest character of like all of them I think. Right. Which is saying something because I love Melissa McCarthy. To me, I would, to me personally, like I type uh, Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon. So is it any wonder for me that's the black woman and the queer woman who are the funniest and best characters um, consistently throughout the whole thing? I have to say like uh, one of my favorite, favorite like parts was when it's towards the end or whatever. And they are at the hotel, and she jumps off, following, following the other character. Remember when they're trying to get the the flying ghost, and she's like, "I don't yeah. know if it was a black thing or a yeah. girl thing." But I'm right. mad. That was like, I love that she made that really real. You know, mm-hmm. like I really enjoyed that because I like it when they're you know they try to put some good energy out there to be like we're gonna speak on this that this is things Mm -hmm. that happen so i really enjoyed that part with her yeah yeah i love it and i would say like the only other thing i'll say about those three in particular the three snl alums uh is that i feel like this could be an extended snl sketch in the (laughs) best of ways like all of them feel like they're playing an snl character is just so one point and I understand that a lot of people did not like that type of humor I think you can't separate that from the sexism and misogyny and misogynoir involved in that but at the same time I get not everybody's into that brand of humor and the original mm-hmm. films were a lot more of a sexist subtle, humor very much a sexist <laughs> humor like, but also the there's a subtle humor but also it wasn't as much slapstick it wasn't as mm-hmm. much like over the top camp all those things so i got yeah, that but, and yet this was yeah. great it's so funny also um, for the record 
I do not remember Kristen Wiig's character having a boyfriend. <laughs> I think that's only from the extended version. Okay, because we were watching it. Brooke and I, well, all three of us were watching it together, but like Brooke and I were in the same room watching it, and yeah. I was like, she has a boyfriend? Mm-hmm. What? And he's like, like I, I think there are a couple scenes where he comes up, but like not in not as much right like but where he shows up in the non-extended version but like did did not remember at all at all that character his his character was just zero percent memorable we don't we you know i just i try to not even think about him because he is ridiculous (laughs) and the way they were describing how he probably dances i believe it remember that part yeah yeah, really tight, a lot of arms. Right, so like, <laughs> oh, that was so good, though, <laughs> like, describing how he dances. I I think I commented on it in somewhere where I was like, oh, I don't remember where it is, but yes, that's, yeah, yeah. Um, there is something about this film that makes me very, that made me very uncomfortable when I watched it, and still is a little weird to me, is the whole Kevin himbo thing i Mm. love it on the one hand but on the other hand it's like i feel it's a little bit punchy downy about stuff um and yet also it's so true and funny and this part of it i like is the a man can be so pretty or attractive that he can literally fail upwards no matter how poor his job performance is so that part i think is funny and apt but then there's also this like almost making fun of somebody who is uh who who is not entirely smart or bright or like that that feels a little punchy downy to me so i yeah i had that under the deep dive i was gonna talk about kevin in the deep dive because i think okay then that's um what else do we have about the plot and then we can get into that um, slimer has a partner and is in the mm-hmm. credits mm-hmm. i love that slimer is a character and actor <laughs> like it's just <laughs> slimer and i love that slimer is one of my favorites um yeah oh, i have something that yeah i think the theme song when they're Ooh. going to the hotel mm-hmm. i think that's a banger yeah and it's fallout boy and missy mm. elliott missy elliott yeah. absolutely work it yes great. yes um yeah, I like the soundtrack. They do a good job of soundtracks for Ghostbusters. Definitely. Movies. 100%. I should have asked this when we were talking about first time you've seen the film, but because but I already know Emily's answer. Uh, but Brooke, have you seen the other Ghostbusters films at all? Or is this the only one? So, <laughs> it's okay. I have watched them in the past, but this is the honest truth. They were that great to me. Yeah. So, when... I think it's the first one when they're in the hotel and I think it's Sigourney Weaver and she is, you know, the bad guys inside of her or whatever. Mm -hmm. I remember saying to myself, like, this is weird. Right. (laughs) This whole plot that's going on right now is just weird to me. But when I saw that they were making a whole girl crew, Mm -hmm. I felt that it was super important for us to have some girl power out here. Yes, yes. And I think that not only did they pick a great cast, but they made sure that 
it was good the whole time. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's hard mm-hmm. to have a funny movie all the way through. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I and I think that's something that like is not acknowledged in people talk about the popularity of this movie. That like there are many of us who either watched the first ones and were like, meh, or ugh, and then came back for this one, or just hadn't even watched the first ones because they didn't look good and then came for this one specifically because Mm -hmm. of the women who were the period yeah and i think that that makes a huge difference and if it i mean it is like if they had come out with it after coming out with it right if it had if if they'd come out with basically this exact same thing again two or three years later like if they'd come out with this Ghostbusters, two or three years after the original gender swappy movie, it would have been blockbuster hit. Like everybody would have watched it, all of that. But because yeah. it was the first of their kind, mm-hmm. sexist's gonna sexist. And also, I feel like there's a level of audience with this particular franchise and a few other franchises, like Star Wars is another one, which we can get into in our news season, mm-hmm. where there's a specific reverence around the original that is also deeply sexist Mm -hmm. ingrained in a sexism too that like I feel like can't be separated whereas like some of the other gender swaps did not have that going against it so that's another aspect too yeah I think about the like the huge pushback not huge the like sex the misogynoir, right? Like the sexist mm-hmm. and racist pushback against Lizzo being in the Mandalorian. Yeah. And then you get this like post from her about how great it was because she grew up with these movies. Yeah. And so when people are like, you're alienating the original fans. No, we're just not catering to a subset of original yeah. fans who are not used to being called a subset, right? Yeah. White men are Absolutely. not used to being a subset. They think that they're everything. And so then when we're not catering to that subset of fandom, they get mad. They should maybe not be so emotional. (laughs) We're over it. Yeah. Honestly, hearing about Lizzo's presence on that made me extremely excited. And I really wanted to catch up and like know what's going on because I love me some Lizzo. And she... Is like in Star Wars. I don't like Star Wars. It's like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just want to be. I want to know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, your household is going to have at least one person rewatching all the Star Wars, um, coming up soon. So turn up. We can do that together. I think by then we might have a TV in the living room. Cool. <laughs> we can just all sit and watch. Maybe, maybe. I think it's oh in the cards for us now. I can't wait to rewatch them all already, even though I'm in the process of rewatching them now. I am so excited. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, on that note, again, to NB to transition, um, our deep dive. <laughs> uh, deeply diving, diving deeply, deeply diving, diving deeply. You're welcome. Yeah, I have a whole bunch of stuff. Um, for the, I have like four big things um, and we've talked about some of them but I think there's because you both know her so very mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. <laughs> just say 
just got pout sleep face on. Anyway, okay. So a lot of my like deep dive stuff is kind of all connected. There's like a piece about academics, but most of it is about like sexism and racism because <laughs> what we do. Um, but I think like there's, I think it's important to talk about, particularly with this movie, because there is so much about this movie that provides a different narrative. And then also at the same time of that, there are ways that it also reinforces the sexism, the racism, the massage noir um, of other movies and of the world. So um, I did like there was a part of me that was like, OK, this tour guide is is like just casually mentioning all of these evils of like classism and racism and sexism on this tour. And I was like, I mean, you're mentioning them so casually and not critically, but also at least they're getting mentioned and I feel like there's mm-hmm. a little bit of that dynamic that happens in the movie where it's like, you're challenging or you're doing a different thing from the sexism of the first one, but not as much as I, but, but you're also reinforcing, like, women are the main characters. And still there's like some historical woman trope mm-hmm. with like, I mean, the ghost in Eldridge Man, but also. Yeah. Still- and. A lot of the fat person can only do slapstick comedy sort of stuff, too, that Mm -hmm. we used to get with. I mean, is it breaking the glass ceiling if now a woman can do the slapstick fat person comedy of, like, Chris Farley and stuff that Melissa McCarthy does? Or is it just reinforcing stereotype? I don't know. But it's it's happening. I don't like it. Yeah. And, Um, like, she's good at the slapstick. She's good at the talking. Like, she's good at a variety of comedy. Um, but she is a comedian, right? Like it is all, that is the kind of actor that she is. Yeah. Um, I mean, she is great. Also, have you seen the, some of her more dramatic roles? She is really good in some of those too. Like Uh, what? Fantastic. So, uh, she plays what, what, I hope you can forgive me. Is that what it's called? It's basically about the author who fakes finding letters, um, yeah, like the struggling I author. Did not see it, but I remember hearing about it and being fantastic. Like apparently fantastic, I would say from those who have seen that Oscar-worthy performance. Okay. In that, um, in a dramatic role. So I mean, she she's yeah. well-rounded, but this is definitely playing to her comedic trope. Mm-hmm. And like, there's there's part of it that's like you know the you shoot like girls and it's like Mm. well thank god because those girls just got you like I remember being told when I played soccer or basketball that I like kicked like a girl or shot like a girl like and you know aside from the like being non-binary and not actually being a girl like it was intended to be a put down it was intended Mm -hmm. to be derogatory and then it was like actually no and i i have really appreciated the couple times in movies where somebody takes that and is like thank you Mm -hmm. because clearly Mm -hmm. you can't right because you shoot like a stormtrooper that would be Mm -hmm. my comeback i'd be like thanks you shoot like a stormtrooper because some troopers in star wars are terrible you know you guys have me thinking a little bit because Mm -hmm. uh something that really bothered me was the dean the dean bothered me 
Uh, the dean when she was going for tenure, not the one mm. at the science center, but uh, what was his name? I don't um, remember the guy at Columbia. Yeah, his name was Charles Fillmore. Yeah, the dean, and uh, it annoyed me that they had um, Kate McKinnon's character making fun of her dressing. Um, I didn't, I was like, I'm speaking about Aaron's dressing. I'm, I was mm-hmm. confused why they had both of them the way she dressed. I felt like they should have like shown that the Dean was kind of an ass, but they should, and then they should have been like, I'm going to lift her up by her friends. But no, mm-hmm. like everyone was coming for her, like how she was dressing. Totally yeah. sexist. And he made it seem like you, you can't be covered to get tenure there. You know, yeah. so it's like, I was just like, everyone needs to give her a break. I mean, it is the tiniest bow tie I've ever seen in my life, but <laughs> right. give her some grace because yeah. right, like ghosts are real. <laughs> the level of overperforming she has to do, like mm-hmm. Princeton is not good enough of a university for her. She has to somehow get better than an Ivy League school to satisfy this guy in a way that I am... I can guarantee you the white men at the institution, I'm yeah, sure, no, do not have to do yeah. for their tenure. Like, so. Well, and that's, like, the that particular, like, thing that happens where you have to be so much. A, fashion has no bearing on your ability to do the job or your, like, ability to do it well. But so often that is part of it where like if you don't dress a certain way if your hair is not a certain way particularly if you're black um if you're not wearing a certain type of clothing um which may or may not even exist right like may or may not even be accessible to you because fat taxes are real on clothing and like they don't make clothing for like so many so often clothing is restricted to such a narrow scope of sizes Mm -hmm. um that like that just those like little things but then have this snowball effect right that then you don't get to count as academic or professional or whatever um and then and that's like when and and that that juxtaposition of like men can do it and it's cool women do it and it's immature or um yeah what you were saying Brooke and also like the the secretary like comparing Kevin to the previous secretary and like the previous secretary at least actually did the job Mm -hmm. right like I coming into those I didn't realize that she had actually done the job because I had heard that she was cast there's somebody walking a horse full loose up our street and calling out sorry that was almost as random as ghosts showing up in new york city Mm. um but that like that space i didn't realize that she actually did the job i thought she was literally just there for eye candy based on how people had talked about kevin being the flip of her and then it's like no kevin is there for eye candy but also he's terrible at his job and literally as pace said fails up right like white boy incompetence still gets him the job listen 
He like literally they, put the phone in the fish tank. Literally. I was thinking about the logos. Like, the hot dog <laughs> over the house. <laughs> I was just so confused. The and then, 711. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like, this can't be real. Y'all can't do this to my man Thor. <laughs> do this to him. <laughs> right. Uh, oh my gosh, that is Thor. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. That's hilarious. And like, the issue... Then also, too, is, like, this movie's SNL sketch qualities of it break, uh, take it to a realm of willingness of disbelief that the more straight-faced of the first two, and especially the uh, fourth one, which we'll talk about in two weeks, do, it, it kind of breaks the illusion and turns it from like, a, oh, this could actually happen to these are such caricatures of people that nobody mm-hmm. is like this in real life. Yeah. And that I also think is was a disappointment for many people of the movie. And something that I don't mind, like this is a funny movie. I know it's not trying to be something else, but also that affects my rating of it too, which we'll get to. When we get- yeah. Yeah. And that like they do that. I mean, they do that, that sort of, exaggerated archetype type casting with Kevin. They do it with everybody. They do it with Patty, mm-hmm. right? Like yep. Patty's character, Leslie Jones's character, Patty is like, she has to justify joining the team. Mm-hmm. And it's not because, uh, because she's quote unquote smart, right? Or educated. It's because she knows New York, which like they do need someone who knows New York. And she also is brilliant. Like, she mm-hmm. figures out how to use the equipment and does it without issue. She is the one who exercises uh, Melissa Abby. McCarthy's Abby, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. the power of Patty compels you. <laughs> I think, in my own personal headcanon, she slaps Melissa McCarthy to get the ghost out the first time, and then the second time just because they've been such asses. <laughs> just, I, I cannot handle the racism. Bam. Agreed. Agreed. About. Yeah, and that's that. But that's exactly it. Like so many of these like over top caricatures. I feel like every character is that. Too. Like it feels like an mm-hmm. SNL sketch character. Um, yeah. Even the way they dressed, uh, Patty's yeah. character was just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, then... it was just very drastic from everybody else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, I don't want her to be dressed like Kristen Wiig. I didn't want Kristen Wiig to be dressed like Kristen Wiig. Um, but yeah, the like, I mean, she looks good. Oh, she yeah, looks good for mm-hmm. a lot of it. And the rest of them are like sweatpants and weird goggles. And yeah. Yep. She had like bedazzled things on her clothing. Like, yeah. And um, also, then we, we can we talk about Kate McKinnon's character too briefly? And like, yeah. she is just a gender swap of. Harold Ramis's character of like this scientist is actually kind of an asshole in how they treat other people <laughs> and don't mm-hmm. give people agency for their exper- experiments. Patty, yeah. or not Patty, um, what is her character? Kate McCann's character. Um, whatever. Jillian. Kate McCann's character. Jillian. Jillian. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she is a, they play it as a joke, but she's still kind of doing these like non-consensual experiments and stuff i love though like her confidence and her like sex appeal (laughs) she is like i I love it and her like um seduction of kristen wick's character i just love that whole kind of side 
plot. It's just fun. Yeah. And love I do the sapphic energy. Yes. I'm loving it for real. 100%. For real. She does like have this channeling of like confidence in her equipment that I'm like, okay. Like, I know this is fine. It's basically just a nuclear bomb on your back and we've never tested it, but you'll be good. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you tested your blood lately? <laughs> What's your iron yeah. level? Yeah. You'll be okay. Yeah. What is it? I could think yeah. of five, like five things to do with the corpse off the top of my head or whatever she says. Just yes, love, it. Can, love it. Love it. Love yes. that energy. I and then when we meet her mentor, mentor um, in the one of the post credit scenes played by Sigourney Weaver. I just love that. Oh. That's the cameo that Sigourney got was just, mm-hmm. oh, it's Holtzman's mentor. That makes so much sense. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Girl power. Again. Perfect. Perfect. Right. <laughs> Uh, and the cameos. Can we talk about the cameos too? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, I definitely wrote some of those down. So Winston as Patty's dad. Uh, he's not Winston, of course, but um, hold on. I usually have... Ernie Hudson. Yes, thank you so much. I usually have the Wikipedia pulled up, but I forgot. So I actually took notes about some of the cast names. So I got you. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, but uh, So Ernie Hudson just Love his cameos, the funeral director and their hearse and it being Patty's uncle. I loved um, Bill Murray playing an asshole, like you said, Emily, which is kind of on brand for him. But I think at this point in his so life, on brand. he <laughs> he does it in a way that he knows that he's kind of an asshole and like plays into it, which as could opposed be to before when he was more just an or asshole. less problematic. I don't know. But yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh, the cab driver for uh, Aaron. He's picking up Aaron. Yeah, but um, oh, his name for Ray. Yeah, Ray's name. The actor, not the character. Oh, how am I oh, supposed to know actors? No, he's names? the guy. He's the guy in Honey I Shrunk the Kids, right? No, no, that's um. Oh. Rick Moranis That's, is in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, yeah, oh, that yeah, one. Sorry, I got. Who is not in one. this one? Yeah. So, sadly, he was not. He was one of the few people to not come for a cameo. Although he was asked, he just um, yeah. at that point had retired from acting. Yeah. But oh. Dan Aykroyd is the person I was trying to think of who there plays a taxi driver, and oh, I love I that he gets that line in there, which is a nod to both like his heritage as like his family's involvement with the paranormal, but then also his like same kind of level and energy of his character from the original film so just love that cameo uh annie potts loved her cameo oh, as uh, basically the same character but working at, as a hotel yeah she's person. vanessa right she's working the desk as vanessa yep yeah i don't know if you guys realize this but um dan Aykroyd, he is an executive producer of the movie Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which i think is dope because that means he put his own money into it because he believed which yep. i think is totally dope he of all the original cast i would say that he has been the most outspoken in support of this film and has mm-hmm. loved basically he, he's been ghostbusters as a whole as a franchise it's always been his baby and he's been his like biggest support of it and so he's going on record about how much he loves this film and was glad they made it so yeah i have to he, say that his cameo yeah. was the best <laughs> agreed agreed uh maybe tyrus sigourney weaver though i, I just can't get over I, yeah, his, that, but yeah i okay so the first time i saw the movies 
I had no idea who anybody was. The second time, people had pointed out that there were cameos from the original cast. And so I kind of got the picture of, like, the original Ghostbusters. But I didn't realize that the women were also in it. And so it wasn't until this time, having now watched the first two Ghostbusters, that I recognized them from their characters in the first two Ghostbusters in this movie. And then I was like, oh. But I agree. I think Sigourney Weaver is my favorite. Um, cameo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she's just my favorite cameo. Like, yes. good job, Dan Aykroyd. And yeah, of course you should put your money behind it. Of course you should. Everybody should be doing that. I'm not going to give you extra kudos for doing mm-hmm. what is what should be the baseline. And it was a good okay. cameo. But like... I'm changing then. I'm changing mine <laughs> then. My favorite cameo was Annie Potts. Mm. That's and that's because... She was in Designing Women, which was my, that was one of my first, like, when I first realized, you are gay. (laughs) (laughs) It was a TV show. I love it. it, Because it was literally Delta Burke. Like, she played Suzanne Sugarbaker, and Annie Potts was their friend, and they had this little business. Mm. So I changed it to Annie Potts, because shout out, she, she held it down. All right. Shout out. All right. Love it. Agreed. I'll take it. Dan Aykroyd, we appreciate your money, but (laughs) miscommunication. But that's as it should be. Yeah. Right. Love it. Any Mm. other deep dive stuff? Uh, I do, but it's also kind of ghost lore. So I can, so maybe we can just transition to ghost lore then. Yeah. If we're good. Okay. So. Well, Brooke, did you have any other like deep dive? big stuff okay the only thing that i thought about was it didn't feel like it was an hour 56 minutes mm. yeah it seemed a little bit shorter than that but yeah it said yeah. that about two hours which yeah yeah some of sometimes the movies feel longer sometimes they don't and when they're ones that i've seen before i expect them more to seem longer and yeah mm. okay press up okay <laughs> The theology of this movie makes no damn sense. I'll just say that. <laughs> and that's kind of a deep dive thing, but it's also connected to the ghost lore. Like, apparently ley lines are real, which are, like, connected yeah. to UFOlogy, but also, like, this weird spectral stuff. And then, and it's, like, complete pseudoscience. There's no, no basis behind them. And then there's, like, but then there's also, like, some nod and connection to the franchise's original ghost lore and like kind of adapting that into it in ways that also don't quite make sense because you can now turn yourself into a ghost intentionally like the one guy did like i just what is going on there's so much going on in this movie and it makes no sense yeah well and he's like trapped the ghosts but not and like the different ways that you can open and close the barrier he's got like the whole thing in the hotel basement to like open the barrier or like the ghosts can move through the hotel to like possess a woman's back right and then like the demon goat like one that was like shaped like a gargoyle like is that a ghost is that some other kind of spirit like what is going on yeah and i'm like macy day parade ghost (laughs) (laughs) that was from the original right i get it but where do these these pilgrims come from? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And they were, for the most part, all of those were based off of real 
Macy's Day Parade floats just a little bit behind the scene trivia from the 1930s and 1940s. They were legit that horrifying back then. Absolutely. Uh, with the obvious exception of the Mr. Stay Puff, which they threw in as a cameo of that. And that's the way Stay Puffed ghost. Yeah. Ghosty, ghosty ghost. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting because this was the first time that they possessed inanimate objects like the dolls, right? <sighs> Yes, I think so. So that was, and they're like, I never understand their classification system. (laughs) Yes. I feel like it's a little bit like the X-Men classification system, where it's just a little random and you just kind of say what it is because you like the person or whatever. Not (laughs) X-Men. I love X-Men. So do I. Okay. So do I. That's why I understand so happy. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then also the, like, becoming a ghost on purpose, and, like, I I don't understand how, I mean... What was his motivation? I don't, it's I don't like understand they any say, of it. It's always the sad, pale one. Yes. <sighs> yeah. And it's like everybody bullied him, you know what I mean? There's a lot of bullying. Right, but it's like the incel thing, right? Like, people bullied mm-hmm. him, and then he decided that he deserved, because they all were bullied right like yeah some of them explicitly we know that like abby and aaron in school oh, yeah. were bullied those girls but i think it's fair to assume that kate mckinnon's character was probably bullied and mm-hmm. i think it's fair to assume that leslie jones's character was probably bullied because we bully black women like mm-hmm um, and so then to like say, okay, everybody's bullied, but who bec- who turns it outward and harms other people? It's the white guy who's like, I can't yeah. handle being bullied. Nobody should have to handle being bullied. But then he's like, and so now I'm going to like bully everybody else and screw literally the entire world over. Mm-hmm. And he becomes an mm-hmm. asshole. Right? Like, yeah. he is a sexist asshole, and it's that incel, like, I can't involuntary celibate, right? Like, I can't get a woman slash possess a human being, so I'm involuntarily celibate. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm a, like, sexist asshole. And, yeah. I mean, like, it's crazy how his, like, the way he got back at the cops was, let me, let me have them do the Macarena real quick. <laughs> or <laughs> the cha-cha slide. Or they're just dancing. Right, I'm just Flash like, mob. right. Yeah. He was a sacrifice, which I found interesting about it, that he, I'm going to sacrifice myself, you know, to do whatever is good for the city. And then it's really which... just like, sacrifice myself so I can get this enormous amount of power that I want to have. Right. This movie did want me, it made me want to buy a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should have one. It's Everyone true. Should have. It's true. I don't have a Swiss Army knife. I did at one time, but I do have a box cutter. Mm-hmm. That, there you go. That does not count. The, okay. That and the carabiner, I think, are the two things that you need. Oh, I have measuring tape. plenty of carabiners. I am not at all surprised. Camp cult. Yes. It's true. It's true. Carabiners. This one actually says, I will hold it up to the camera for us, but it says Rainbow Trail Lutheran Camp, Hillside, Colorado, with the old Rainbow Trail logo. I am logo. speechless. Nailed it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know if this is going to be an outtake or not, but I hope it stays in there. <laughs> well, you decide, so. 
I usually don't because I don't have time for that shit. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't imagine you would take it out because that's not how you edit. But okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh, that's all I had for ghost lore. There's not a ton of, like, super new. Yeah. There's not a ton of ghost lore in this. Yeah. A lot of weird. Yep. Doesn't make sense. But that's, like, all of the ghostbusters have an aspect of like yes exactly this is not internally consistent this is not externally consistent this is just whatever because ghosts aren't real so everybody has a different lore Mm, they can be some people think they are i actually sometimes think they are too but uh because there's such a ghost as depicted in this film though yeah definitely (laughs) okay well i guess we can rate it then and no kills, but we can do favorite ghost again um, if we There's want. at least one kill that I would like to name you. You can name that too. Favorite ghost and or kill. Yes. You have a choice. You can do all of the above, one or the other. And we're in Ghostbuster season, so it's out of 10 proton packs. How do you rate the movie? Brooke, would you? Yes, I would like to go. <clears throat> Sweet. So what are we rating out of again? 10 what packs? Proton packs. The things they use, the things they put on their backs to catch the ghost. Okay, so I am going to make a non-biased opinion. um, (laughs) No, Brooke, we are asking for your opinion. Oh, then I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Perfect, yes. Because my biased opinion was going to be a nine and a half. (laughs) Well, there we go. There we go. I would round that up to 10 anyway, so there you go. It's the same. 10 10 out of 10. 10. Yeah. Um, Shantae, you stay. Yes. Do you have a favorite ghost? Do you or have a favorite no. person who got killed? Or both? <laughs> um, Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if we talk about, you know, I feel like it's never good for somebody to die, but my man was trying to kill mm-hmm. everybody anyway. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Rowan, he had to go. Pace, do you want to I go guess, next, or do you yeah, want to? Yeah, I guess Emily needs me to go next. I don't need you to. <laughs> or I prefers me to, at least. I could rate if you wanted me to. Ooh, let's change it up. Take a shot for that. We're changing it up. <laughs> All right. I will give it a nine and a half. I was thinking about nine, but Brooke brought it up mm-hmm. to a nine and a half. Um, oh, yeah. Because there's just enough, like, around, like, perpetuating like racist and sexist stereotypes that i'm like i can't give you a 10 out of 10 but you are infinitely better than the other two and they were like seven and a half so Mm. nine and a half um Mm. also favorite kill rowan because of course um Mm. and i think my favorite ghost is it's trickier because i don't remember all of the ghosts in it um but my default is probably um mrs slimer Mm-hmm. Good, answer. Yeah. Good answer. What about you, Pace? Okay. I'm really debating. So let's see. I want to rate it an 8 out of 10 proton packs. Ooh. Because okay. it makes no damn sense. And my thing is this. I love it is the hands down the funniest Ghostbusters. It is has hands down the best performances of all the Ghostbusters. But 
the way the studio ref- and the people who are making money off of this film refuse to stand up for the actors, refuse to do this film justice, and the ways that that even shows in the plot, like mm. it's the woman women's Ghostbusters, so we don't need to like intentionally think th- shit through and make it internally consistent. And the laziness, uh, or I shouldn't, I don't believe in laziness, but like the just maybe ineptitude that comes to like handling the way we have a black woman's role in the mm-hmm. film and stuff like that. Yeah. I just, it, it brings it down to an eight out of 10 for me, but okay. still the funniest Ghostbusters, none of the other ones come close and I will stand by that statement. Um, okay. My... I'm putting eight then, but I'm putting because of the money makers, just so we're clear about why. <laughs> I feel like now I feel nervous. Like I'm, my ratings are being policed. <laughs> They are not being policed. I'm just <laughs> clarifying that you loved, like, that particular things. If you were doing, like, a gymnastics rating on it, right, there'd be some tens in there. But I, I just think it's there's something to be said for, like, yes, the studio and them do impact the ratings. And... But they're their... writing to, and direction, too. Like, it was written and directed mm-hmm. by a white man. So it's like... The whole thing. The originals okay, too, so but I the originals are not rated an eight. Like <laughs> the originals I think were seven and a half for me. So like I still rate this as the best. It's just Yeah, it's just only barely the best. There are much I better it. movies. I put, I put eight of because movies. of the white boys. So Okay, better. I like it. <laughs> not because of the white boys. <laughs> yes. I'm not on trial for my views. No, I wasn't trying to try rating. you. I was no, trying, to, like, trying to like clarify. <laughs> No, I'm just giving you a bad time. I agree. I agree. Um, favorite kill? I don't. Or ghost? <laughs> there are more than there is. Okay, more Bill than Murray's one, possible kill. Like it's Ooh. unclear whether or not he survived that call that fell out the window, but like he had it coming. Like he his had it coming. Just being an ass. Oh, so, absolutely. Like, yeah. Totally just kill there. Um, and then I the other I'll thing. Agree with that. And favorite ghost? I would say. I don't know. I didn't really like any of the ghosts. They were just all overall t- a little more cartoonish, and I did not like that as much as some of the. I'm actually going to movies. take mine back. I don't want Mrs. Slimer for favorite ghost. I want the um, the big big bird thing, particularly when it is perched on Patty's shoulders. <laughs> mm, that yes. is my favorite ghost. That's great. That's great. Okay. Did you have any jump scares? Oh, sorry. I was going to say, if this were Nerds at Church, I would definitely cast Big Bird for that ghost. Interesting. If we're we're making a Muppets musical. (laughs) I would have cast Sam the Eagle for that, I think. Ooh, that would also be good. Big Bird would be, like, I think more hilarious, but Sam the Eagle would give more of the sense of... Mm -hmm. Foreboding, I guess, yeah. Do you have any jump scares? I don't think we had any jump scares. Did I jump at all? No. You didn't jump at all. Mm-mm. Pace. No. Not I mean, I laughed out scene. loud a few no, times, right? no, which actually... was not jumping, but kind of physical embodied as response. But yeah. I feel like it wasn't a real jump. But do you remember mm. when Jillian is in the wig uh, room when mm. um, they're standing there and they're looking mm-hmm. for the ghost at the hotel? Mm-hmm. And she has a wig on. It didn't make me jump, but I thought it was kind of like alarming. Mm. So, like a half jump or just like an almost? It's not, 
I'm gonna give it a half jump. Half jump. Okay. Fair, fair. Well, I just want to say again, thank you so much, the Brooklyn Witch Trials, for joining us. <laughs> this was so fun. Yes, um, it was. Do you have any like upcoming projects? Any social media handles? Any just anything you want to shout out? Any concluding thoughts? Where people Time can find yours. you. First, I want to thank you guys for having me because it was really fun and I love talking about movies. Um, and I don't really have any like social media. I mean, you can definitely follow me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Ebony, 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 huh? no, Ebony Splendor. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Look mm-hmm. for me. We'll link that in the show notes too. Yeah. And someday, yeah. someday, Porch Nerds at Church. Oh, <gasps> It's gonna get real. We got so many spinoff ideas for podcasts. Yeah, I also I was I should just use this moment then to share this spinoff idea I had earlier today for H and A C, which is during off seasons, whichever one of us has the most time, probably pace because Emily has their own podcast and fire run, can do like a mini season, not necessarily horror related, but like a specialized mini season. Or an HNAC with the guest co-host instead of whoever is the typical co-host. I like so. that you just don't want to have any off time. Listen, <laughs> I need something <laughs> to just be an outlet for me. Okay, to be fair, we'll get you stuff to give energy. But also, if we can get ahead on the Star Wars stuff. That's going to happen, I don't think, worry. I think that will help keep you busy enough. I do have to find that book, though. If you guys ever do um, some commentary on Splice, I would love to be. See, this is what I mean. Like, how fun would it be to have Brooke do a mini season? Even if it was Brooke and Susanna, all I would need to do is edit it. Like, legit. Because I got Splice is one of the movies when I said this. See? This is out of control. It'll be HNAC Presents, and then it'll be special co hosts. That would, be, that would be fun to do, like, HNAC Presents one-off episodes, too. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be even better. Instead of mini-seasons, just make it easy. Yeah, because then you're episodes. not... Com- then if stuff happens, stuff happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. But, yeah. I like it. All right. All this is going to get cut out, probably. Although, maybe Patreon listeners, this could be a special treat for you this month. <laughs> just some rambling about future ideas for the show. Might I actually mean, be fun. That's not bad. I'm excited Ooh, to be a Patreon. part of it. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. See, you'll have to come on and do Splice. or just have to make it happen. I will, because I got a lot to say about that movie. <laughs> Emily, that movie is weird. The whole entire okay. time. Okay. Whole, the whole entire thing is just Hot Mess Express. And just, yeah. All right. Love it. Well, thank you again so much. This yeah. was so fun. Um, on the best Ghostbusters movie of the franchise. Yes! I guess I can go on record and say that, even if I only rate it an 8 out of 10. It's still the best. Hands down the funniest. But anyway, Casper, Mm -hmm. 1995, with Emily and Garcia, our next episode. Catch it here next week. Mm -hmm. That one's already recorded, um, So, and it was really fun. Indeed, it was. That's the thing about recording so far ahead. Like, I love it. And also, then when we have, like, announcements and we know the announcement is coming up before the actual release, then we, like, announce it for several episodes. Yeah. So it just get gets all, weird. It's very timey-wimey. Yeah. I love yep. it. I like it. Well, 
That's it for our show, then. Our theme music was by Matt May. Corners at Church releases every Thursday. Uh, please comment, rate, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Support us on Patreon and get access to exclusive movie commentary episodes, BooTube episodes, and more bonus content by going to patreon.com slash church. It's only $5 to sign up, or $10 if you want the bonus, the extra bonus content. But either way, it's cheaper than many Starbucks drinks you can get that, as Patty tells people to go to, to save them yeah. from the ghosts. It's also <laughs> cheaper than a Swiss Army knife. That too, that too. Um, follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Horror Nerds at Church and Twitter at H-N-A-C-P-O-D for all the latest updates about upcoming films, news, and other announcements. Until next time, if you're that bullied loner, incel white guy, get a hobby, get some therapy, don't try to end the world. Thanks. Emphasis on the therapy. Yes. The end.